Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Rubble League Review. With the new season just over two weeks away, our guest this week was part of my quiz team at the Wigan Warriors Media Day last week. I am pleased to have Willie Isa join us on the podcast. Willie, how are you, mate? Uh, good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. How did you do in the quiz? <laughs> you can answer that, Willie. Uh, we, um, we've done all right. We, we come second, didn't we? Second, so, yeah. John John Bateman chose a dodgy horse for us in the, in the last round. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't, um, yeah, our horse didn't win at the end. So, but hey, uh, no one expected uh, us to come second, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. um, maybe because we had John Bateman on the on our side as well. So, <laughs> but he, he done well, actually. So, he did, he did. He did yeah, see was, right to him. Yeah, that was really good. Really good. Yeah. The uh, I'll mention the first place was uh, Matt Pete showed a lot cleanly and Farrell. So, you know, coincidence, I don't think so in that one, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Head coach wins it, but we won't say anything. We'll, we'll leave it. Uh, so, Willie, what we like to do at this at the start of the podcast, I normally pass over to Ben and he'll, he'll chat to you a, bit, a little bit about your uh, early early career, if that's all right. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah hi, Willie. Okay, mate. Um, just obviously to start with the, the usual question of what was your route into the game like? Obviously, I know that you probably started playing at a young age. Yeah. Um, well, that's a long time ago now. So, um, how I got to rugby league really is. Um, I have an athletics background. Um, I've always done athletics, so I've probably done athletics probably when I was nine years old, ten years old. Um, I got picked up from a athletics coach um, from a school meet. So you know, when you do primary school, I was, I was running um, track then, and yeah. So I started then. Uh, didn't get into rugby league. Um, obviously, I got into rugby league earlier, but. Athletics was my main thing, really. Um, nine, eight years old. I started rugby league only because uh, a friend of mine uh, of the family, um, we went to church together. Um, so, yeah, he told me to come down. And I remember, I'll never forget and I always tell this story is, is that I turned up on the field and they said how old I was. I said I was seven and they put me in this team. Um and eventually it was, I didn't know, I scored four tries within the first half and I never knew I was playing in the under sixes. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, they, after the first half, they took me out and um, put me with the under sevens. And um, I think I scored two tries straight away. And uh, to be honest, I knew rugby league, but I didn't, never played it before. So never played it with school or, or anything. And um, yeah, I just went and tried and, um, back then I had a bit of pace, so I just stood on the wing and scored the tries really. So, but I continued on and, um, yeah, I didn't really go for that reason. I went, I made mates obviously, and that was probably the main reason why, um, I played rugby league and, and that's how I got into it really, by, by, by luck really. Um, he just, my mate, a friend of the family just told me to come down and, um, bounce around with him really and I thought oh, yeah why not so um, and I'm glad that my dad took me so it was great. And I read that obviously you moved from New Zealand to Australia at a, a really young age yep. um, do you think that that helped in getting into rugby eventually? Um, yeah I think I think my culture helps helps me um, getting into rugby league or rugby um, I'll never forget the thing was very dominant on our TVs or growing up was the All Blacks. I know it's a different sport, but every Kiwi kid that grows up in New Zealand or 
was born in Zealand or in a Pacific Islander uh, family background. Um, that's a massive thing, I think, All Blacks, watching the All Blacks play, play and the haka was the main thing, really. So we were there in front of the, the TV as little kids and when they'd done the haka, we were doing the haka as well. So um, maybe just it's in our culture, it's in our blood that you know, we love contact sport, but obviously... Rugby and rugby league is very dominant in our in our families and and in our culture as well. So um, I didn't know. My dad didn't want me. My grandma, I know definitely. My grandma didn't want me to play rugby league, just on a pure safety reason. Um, he didn't want me to get involved. And um, my dad wanted me to get into boxing, but um, I'd done that for a little bit. Um, but I just found it boring, really. Um, but for some reason, I found athletics was I don't know, it was it suited me, you know, I wanted to run and I enjoyed that more and um the athletics team I was training with was was awesome as well. So we had a few sports people for some reason we all turned out. You know, um there's a girl named Chloe and there's a gay, um, another girl called Courtney and myself. We end up playing she well, respect I play professional rugby league and she and Chloe end up playing for Australia in the hockey. Um field hockey in the Olympics and and obviously Courtney um, turned out to be a professional netballer as well so, and she represented New Zealand so um, looking back we had a great athletics team and from the local area and um, yeah so I think it's blooded in our culture again so uh, rugby league. You mentioned obviously athletics there Willie what was your what was your main event? <laughs> I was a sprinter at first then uh, the older I got so when I say older, I got to 12, I think 13, um, I turned into hurdles. So uh, sprinting was my thing, 100 metres from 400 metres down pretty much. Um, you know, I'm happy I still hold some records um, in the, how would you call it here, uh, area, like your local area. So yeah, yeah. in the Lancashire, Yorkshire, yeah, I always competed in that kind of stuff. And um was glad that some of my records are still there. And, um, competing against guys like uh, Chris Lawrence, he's probably the most famous guy come out of um, our age group who who um, done athletics. Yeah, he was he was the best of the our age group in in uh, in sprints and everything. So that made me turn into uh, turn into hurdles and um, yeah, I always enjoyed long long jump and all kind of stuff. But sprinting was the the main one. So um, looking back now, doing all the training. Athletics training, all that kind of stuff. My coach uh, Wayne Vince Lorcas, I'll never forget him. He's um, I always tell everyone that kind of set me up for my rugby league career. To be honest, it gave me a good platform and uh, to go off because um, it wasn't easy in the training, um, but it translated into um, you know my rugby league training, which is great. And you started your professional rugby league career at Penrith, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yes, I did. Um, I come through the ranks. Yeah. Um, you call it here scholarship and academy. We call it um, Harold Matthews and SG Ball. So under 16s, under 18s, come through the rank. Um, and then play 20s under. Um, we used to be called the Toyota Cup back then. So, so yeah, this the under 20s and um, yeah, uh, it was it was a weird one when I made my debut actually. So. Um, I played one half of under twenties, and they needed to play in the first team, so uh, they they took me in the in the dressing room in the first team dressing room, and 
well, I was like a little baby, really. I was looking around. I had Petro San Receiver, who was our captain um, at the club at that time. We had uh, Tony Pulitua, um, Luke Lewis, um, Reese Wesser, he was at fullback. Um, we had great players, so uh, I won't forget, they rushed me in and got me on the massage table, got me stretching and everything, and all of a sudden I was playing uh, first team uh, rugby league on, on the wing, actually, so... Um, that was a, that was a, yeah, it was a weird one to be honest. With you, but um, yeah, I, I don't. My opinion, I, I made my debut, but I don't consider that as my my real debut. But I did, I did make a make a debut in the first team, so that was pretty cool. And then obviously you moved on to to Melbourne. How how was it there? Um, uh, life changing. In in every aspect, um, to be honest, um, it's a place where I it taught me how to be a professional. Um, I thought I knew how to be a professional, but um, not until I went to that place. Um, I'm always grateful to that club because they gave me a chance, really, um, to obviously put my name out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually made my debut. Uh, I felt like round one 2009 um yeah i've made my debut and um i'll never forget uh, the general manager at that time oh he still is um uh frank Benisi. he did tell me when he told me about my presenting my jersey and all that kind of stuff um they said oh you know you've worked hard um you deserve this and this is your real debut um only because you went through the preseason and worked hard, and you earned the right to play first grade. And I thought, you know what, it's probably so right, you know. Um, nothing, no disrespect to, well, you know, it's a pen or anything, but I kind of just, they just gave me it, and I had no meaning. And I was buzzing, don't get me wrong, I was buzzing, but I know inside me it was, it was kind of empty, you know, so I didn't really earn it. Um, but when I got that debut in round one, it was like the best best feeling I think. Um there was a lot of emotions, a lot of uh I don't know, memories. Um I think the sacrifices that my my, my dad and my mum, my you know, my two sisters and my brother had for me, you know, they they've kinda moved everything on the side for, for me, you know, so that was pretty cool. Um but Melbourne's club, Craig Bellamy, right from the players to you know, the coaching staff at that time, we had Craig Bellamy, you know, obviously um, he was head coach, and um, I was lucky enough I had uh, Madge as my as my backs coach. I was playing backs at the time, so Michael McGuire was the backs coach and Steve Kearney was the forwards coach. Um, but what a team, man. So it was great setup. It taught me work ethic. Um, and one thing they did there, I'll never forget, uh, when you moved to Melbourne, um, before that, they obviously they meet you and over the phone, and and when you sign up, they they tell you, uh, you know, make sure when you move down to Melbourne, uh, you got to put in your bags uh, steel cap boots. So I thought, well, going down there to play rugby league, I'm, what the heck am I doing with steel steel cap boots? And and for me, it was like a shock because I never worked in my life. You know, I was I was grateful to move into transition straight from school to. You know, until professional environment really um, at Penrith and then obviously Melbourne. So the first two weeks, basically, you went down to Melbourne. 
on top of your preseason training. Um, you had to work for for two weeks, uh, doing labour work, whatever it was. Um, I was I was put I was put in uh, with a group uh, group of lads, about eight of us, I think, in one group. We were doing landscaping, so um, yeah, that was tough, man. And man, that really hit home, really, because I was thinking, why did I even sign at this club, man? I didn't sign the dot, you know, the dotted line to work. So, but everyone had to go through it, you know, whether you're you're experienced or not, and um, it was a great lesson for me right from the set start. You know why why I play rugby league first and foremost, and why you signed at that club and what they're about, basically. So yeah, it was great introduction, and um, yeah, I would I've always said to people I would be where I am now if I didn't go through Melbourne Storm to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, I'll. I'll be nowhere near, to be honest. So, yeah, best place ever. Yeah. So you talk about the making it, making it um, appearances in the NRL and going to Melbourne. You know, you say it was life changing. How much? Just talk a bit more. How much did those experiences playing for Penrith and Melbourne sort of stand you in good stead to then come over to the UK and play for for Cass Widness and obviously now Wigan? Um, back in Penrith, I think. Uh, Penrith is, is known as and it is uh, the biggest uh, junior rugby league in the world. Uh, the amount of kids gone through and um, is crazy. You know they've got kids coming off the factory like left, right, and centre, and <clears throat> that kept me in good stead because it was competition. You know, and um, you kind of have to survive. You know, otherwise you sink. So um, it was cool um, coming through Penrith. I think it gave me a good. Uh, platform because I came through a team where it was a very talented team as well. Um, I've always come through the ranks. I've always played above my age. So I played with guys like Michael Jennings, um, uh, Wade Graham, Lachlan Coote, uh, you know, Tim Grant, who played for West Tigers as well. So um, it was a great competitive group, you know. So, And we always been the best, you know. So we used to play a team called, uh, obviously, Parramatta. Parramatta were a great team. Um, they had you know, Jared Hayne at the back, Chris Keating, Trent Hodkinson, um, that Talima Totai, Tony Williams on the wing. It was it was uh, it was weird, man. I was like, what the heck? And these guys should be playing forwards, but they're playing on the wing that time. So, um, so come through Penrith, we always had good systems, and and when I say good systems, because our our coaches were the school teachers. So out in Penrith, there was Dominant, dominant two schools. So the Catholic systems, the school school rugby league back then was the best rugby league. So it wasn't like you played for Penrith because it was like a bonus. And but if you play for rugby league, uh, rugby league schools like the top, top of the tops, you know. So um, and we were lucky that there was two dominant schools in Penrith. Um, it was Saint Dominic's College, was um, a Catholic school, and another Catholic school which was a rival, was called Patrician Brothers in Blacktown. So a lot of players come through there as well. So, um, And we had them two te- uh, teachers who were coaching our Penrith side. So we had a good learning, I think. We, uh, it's the first time I've learned about discipline, you know. I've never gone through school. It was very strict, you know, and it was the same system really going into our rugby league outside, um, outside world, really. And, and it was great system come through. And then going through... They helped me in good stead, really, um, to go to Melbourne because 
um, without them lessons of being disciplined, how to train and how to have a good work ethic, then I don't think I would have survived Melbourne. So it was a good, looking back now, it was a good step. So the next step was, for me, was go to Melbourne. And I did got, I remember, I'll never forget, I got offered a contract to stay in the under-20s uh, at Penrith. Um, but I wanted to be a first-teamer, really. Um, only because I had a taste of, I trained in the preseason with the first team um, in Penrith. So the coach was Matthew Elliott at that time. And um, yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't want to go back to my own age, really. So uh, I was lucky enough. I got a contract from um, Melbourne Storm to be in their top twenty-five, and I packed my bag straight away. I was only because I knew I was going to learn a lot more um, of the players, and I was in awe of. Okay, I'm going to an environment it was a winning environment, and and the coach was the one really persuaded me really I just wanted to learn and pick his brains really so um that was great and obviously I've gone back to Melbourne it was everything I know from the Melbourne days it's helped me and I mean in detail to obviously how to train um there's some details on you know even just passing catch and pass you know the way I got taught there is helped me to especially transition to Wigan at the minute, it's um, obviously Michael Maguire kind of transitioned um, Wigan and how they, uh, you know, performed, especially when he came over 2010. He he shaked up the the Super League as, and as well as um, Wigan Warriors. And I'll never forget, we came over to Leeds. We played Leeds in the World Club Challenge and I was, I was 18th man with um, my good mate Gareth Woodham. So... Um, we're sitting on the sidelines and watching and ever since then we obviously we won and we've seen Madge come in obviously uh, visit us at the hotel and he told us about how we can do and all that kind of stuff and and I'll never forget we there was one time we were in, in season we watching a Super League team um, we were watching um, Wigan play only because Madge was there and we saw very um, similar stuff what, what we're doing at Melbourne and obviously Michael Maguire took over to, to Wigan. So, um, yeah, that the fundamentals of rugby league helped me at Melbourne to to where I am today, especially at Cass. You know, Cass was going to Cass. I know sorry, going to Cass was like, um, it was a stepping stone that I want to to learn my craft because I've, I was always third string. So when I played, at Melbourne, I was lucky enough. I was starting centre round one, round two, and I got suspended um, for grapple round two, and never seen it again. Never seen that spot again, and and I was I was always third string. So if the two centres were injured, then I was lucky enough to get a spot there somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And when I'd done the two years there, I was I was so desperate to like play um, first team and to see how I can go consistently and. Cass was probably the right step for me, looking back. At that time, I didn't really like it. And I was kind of, oh, I didn't know if I wanted to go over there. But looking back now, it's probably the best thing I've ever done, you know. So going there and to play week in, week out in first team rugby league and being in that environment every day was pretty cool, you know. Like, I had to learn a lot, man. I was learning so much on myself. I didn't have the best periods of times at Castleford because um, I had two... Uh, 
two ankle injuries at a time, two stints. But what I learned um, about myself and rugby league is it was the best lesson off it and on it as well. And um, that helped me in good stead to be probably where I am today as well. I think, obviously, you mentioned it there, but even if you take the sort of the playing side out of it, how tricky was it for you to make those moves at such a young age? I think, were you 21 when you first yeah. came over here? Like, that's, yeah. that's a really young age to be making such a, a big move. Yeah, I was, um, my parents always supported me no matter what, but I've always been brave in every decision I made, to be honest. With you. So, um, the athletics, I know it might not seem much, but I, I thought athletics was the one for me, you know. So, um, I've always enjoyed rugby league, but when I played, when I made the under-16s, basically, um, so your scholarship team, and I was I was playing above myself. So I was 15-year-old playing in the 16s. I thought, yeah, this is it, me, you know what I mean? So um, I kind of knew, okay, I've, I've done I've done it now. I just just got to keep stepping it up, really. And um, I was lucky enough. I was blessed that I, you know, there's a few of us got a scholarship to go to high school. So we it wasn't a rugby league school, but it was. Um, at that time, a lot of us got scholarships to go to private school. So, um, yeah, when I was 12 years old, I got a scholarship to go to high school, St. Thomas College, and I probably knew then I was playing rugby league, but I didn't know how to get there. And when I played in that scholarship, I kind of it showed me a pathway um, how to get there. So the stages, so I've seen kind of the light, but still a bit cloudy. So, um yeah, uh, that's probably, I don't know, decisions that were, were pretty easy. Come to Castle was pretty easy. Uh, I might not sound that. It was just the logistic-wise. I was like, okay, I can't really fly home. You know, I can't just like, oh, I pop over. That was that was the hardest bit, not the rugby league bit. It was like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm going over to enjoy myself and make sure I, I'm doing what I love, you know. Like, I'm like, my parents were like, yeah, Great work, really. You know, like not many people get opportunities like this. So I seen it as, you know, a positive thing. But the logistic wise, whew, that was that was the biggest change. You know, um, coming over, or oh, I didn't do my homework. I put my hand up. I didn't put my. I didn't didn't do my homework. I didn't see, search up cast. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know. All I know was it was a bright yellow jersey and. And um, had Tiger at the front, really, and um, and I heard the the fans were passionate. That's the only thing I've heard, you know, from Terry Madison. So, I'll, I sh- I wish now I should have looked on the Google Maps and seen the place, you know, and um, done a bit a bit of homework because I, I think I would have enjoyed a bit more. But um, those two injuries didn't help the situation, I reckon, and I think it didn't help the situation situation with my reputation with that club as well. I didn't. I felt like I made an impact when I played. But I didn't play enough, you know, to to give back to to the club. That's what I felt like, you know. So um, I'm no, I don't know. I just wish I uh, played played a bit more and show people what why uh, why the club signed me. To be honest, so. But yeah, the the technology, my technology game stepped up. You know what I mean? So the, the FaceTime, knowing how to get on um, Zoom, oh, Zoom. Um, 
well, it was a Skype at that time. So it was just like, yeah, I knew everything, how to, the time differences on kind of taught me all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty cool. So when you left Cass, did you uh, do the research then when you when you moved to Witness? Yes, I did, because it was close to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now nah, it was yeah. I've, Cass wanted just I just wanted a fresh start really. Um, I had a chance uh, to go back home um, to a few clubs there, but inside me uh, I knew I I didn't I didn't complete the mission I wanted do at CAS and um, you know as every I don't know Aussie Kiwi that comes over from NRL you always have you always tagged with a reputation that you know you're expected to be a good player you know um, there's no doubt about that and I felt that I'd never say pressure but I felt that I didn't um, give myself the best chance to make those people see what I, I had and the potential I had. So uh, Witness was probably the the good project that I, you know, I turned to really because it was a clean slate. They just turned, you know, come from championship and they got the license. Um, they came up to Super League and I thought, right, okay, let's, they're getting a loaded bunch of players to get, get together and, and you know, start something, um, you know, for the club and, I thought I'd join that group as well. So um, only because I can start new and start new with uh, with the club as well. So that was pretty cool. And obviously you had a few years at the Vikings before making obviously the move to Wigan where you still are today. So how did that move come about? Um, well, uh, it was pretty quick, really. Um, it's, it's quite easy that I rang my agent. I wasn't happy at Cass and... And um, at that time, agent my time at that time, and he offered me a few clubs, and obviously there was obviously a club called Witness as well. So I did do some research on it. Um, it's got a very proud history um, at that club, and I've always wondered why that club was so successful back in the day, you know, and not now, and why they're coming up. So, and obviously I got to know, you know, the you know the cash flow wasn't good and. And all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, it was pretty easy. So, I went and talked to Dennis Betts um, at that time, and Paul Cullen was the ooh, the football manager. I don't know, rugby manager, you call it at this time um, these days. Uh, so, I spoke to them, and they came up to Cass, um, Paul Cullen, and spoke to me about the the project they wanted to do. Um, with Steve O'Connor was uh, the owner at that time. Um, and it was pretty straightforward, really. They wanted to make an impact on Super League and they're getting a few guys to make the team up. So, um, personally, I just wanted a fresh start. I just said, look, I'm looking for a fresh start and, and they were willing to, to get me over. So, I want to move away from where I was because the two injuries wasn't doing me well and I just needed a change real quick, you know. So... My mum and dad wanted me to go back home, which I had offers to, but I had too much pride. I thought, no, nah, I can't do it, you know. So um, I ended up signing, a, I think, two-year deal with the first one. So I thought, OK, give me two years and let's let's see what happens. And I've always said, and I still say now, I can always go back home, you know. So I won't leave until um, I feel like I've done enough. I'll probably say when's enough. I don't know, do you know what I mean? You probably know yourself. 
um, yeah, that's that's how the move came about. Really, I signed after the first meeting with Paul Cullen, and um, yeah, I was pretty much looking. For, I was, I, st- I think I didn't go back home that time. I stayed here, uh, so I found a place in October time, and um, I hung around here really, and just to, I thought, okay, I need to give myself a better chance to implement myself in the community, um, which I didn't do when I first came over. I think that was a mistake. So I need to make myself, okay, learn about what Wittonesians do and what they're about. Um, and I just thought, okay, I, I need to stay around here and really feel it. Do you know what I mean? Real feel, really feel the community and what they're about. So I did that and, and um, yeah, I'll end up playing with this for four years. So, which is up and down, um, four years, crazy times, man. Like, uh, I felt like, you know, I, I didn't, I've done the best I can. Um, you know, every player will say you give your best, you know. I, I honestly say I gave my best, um, you know, for the club and for the fans. And But the, the thing was, at the end of the day, we didn't, we didn't succeed as a group um, and we didn't keep the club up, you know, so it was still play Super League when I left, but yeah, there was so much going on with the, you know, with the club itself and um, the junior, the juniors come through, they were so positive, you know, they were great. Uh, I, I ended up doing a bit of scholarship coaching um, back then and obviously my first group was Danny Walker, obviously he's playing at Warrington now, but which is weird to play against him, but I remember coaching when he was 14. Um, uh, you know, those are the guys who come through um, witness, and they they always had great juniors, but just never, yeah, I don't know, they just never done anything with them, you know, in my opinion. So um, it was tough, but that, that four-year period was probably another learning curve um, of being... I don't know, learning different positions because I ended up playing sensors, wing, and then, um, you know, transitioned myself into the 13th um, in forwards, really, because Jack Owens was killing on the wing and I was injured that time. And uh, fair play to him. I always say, you know, he's the one who kind of pushed me into the into the forwards because I wasn't getting a spot that time. And again, it was another learning curve. And oh, I'm glad I went through that journey as well because, again, it's you know, helped me strong to till today. And obviously just before we, we move on to your you move to Wigan and stuff, you mentioned that obviously Widness was, was close to Liverpool and that's important. And there's an important reason for that, isn't there? Because obviously you're a, a really big Liverpool football club fan. Yeah. Um, just like Ethan is. Um, <laughs> where, where did where did that start? And obviously has it been like sort of a since you've come over or was it even back in Australia? No, there's a, there's a few stories. Oh, there's a story on this, actually. Um, back to my athletics days, um, my athletics coach, Wentz, Wayne Vince Lorca, so I'll never forget him, he used to turn up um, at training, but with the Arsenal shirt. So, But it was JVC. But I will never forget that I was thinking, what's this JVC? Like, when you come from Penrith, it's like, for when I was younger, when you talk about soccer, it was like, what? you're talking Chinese to me, you know, so it's like, so he used to wear it training, like walking, he was very staunch, proud man, you know, and I was thinking, okay, I had the guts to ask him, like, why do you, why do you, um, you know, support this team, who was it, he goes, oh, YouTube, Thierry Henry, so I thought, okay, YouTube was the thing, 
I was thinking, all right. I was like, go YouTube, and I, man, I was like, whoa, who's this guy? So, and then I bounced around Jogger Benito. So, and you remember the Nike football ads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the airport, Jogger Benito was like this, I don't know who it was, some Spanish guy. And, but Nike, obviously Nike were making the ads. So I was watching that and I was clicked onto, obviously, football. Um, that made me turn into football, really. So I started watching games and, Back in Australia, it's um, every game, every Premier League game's live. Over here, oh my gosh, you can't even get a game or 3 p.m. No, nothing, you know what I mean? So, um, so every game was, so I watched a few games, but my dad was a fan of Liverpool. Um, he obviously told me a bit later, he was an Ian Rush fan, so um, he told me I used to watch when I was younger and he used to always score the goals. So I didn't know who it was at that time. So, um, and then obviously make the transition to England and when I moved to obviously um uh you know down away from Yorkshire uh the the owner the owner's brother his name's Brian O'Connor actually a witness um he's a senior ticket holder at Liverpool and he took me to a game in 2011 don't forget it was um Liverpool play City at that time and uh I was like wow what's this is crazy you know and I think what what turned me off, I always say to people, I grew with being a Liverpool fan. I think like, every year it's just got more and more and more. And again, it's probably, I don't know, this, this is just me, but a lot of my friends, are they all live in Liverpool. Or, you know, they're Scousers or local guys, you know. So um, I got to know them a bit and I know the city a bit more, what they're about. And Liverpool represents a lot, a lot of, the, a lot of the, you know, em, uh, epitomizes Liverpool as a city. You know, um, their fighters are never give up. Um, you know, there's always sometimes a, they feel like their backs against the wall, but they keep fighting. You know, they come from nowhere. You know, so, and Jurgen Klopp does well with that. To be honest, he's installed that in the club and he shows it, um, you know, every time. But uh, and that's how I got into Liverpool, really. 2011 took me into games and I was always a Thierry Henry fan, really. Um, I'll never forget, I, I just love the way he moves and how elegant he was, you know, with classy, how, how he moves with the ball. So, yeah, I got that and 2011 was Brendan Rodgers, I think. Or it might be Roy Hodgson days, I think. I remember, I'll never forget, they were sponsored by Warrior that time. So, yeah, they were sponsored by Warrior. So I used to watch that and then yeah, 2011. I was going to all the games. I'll never forget. I used to sneak every time with the owner's um, brother because all the boys were asking for tickets off him. But the uh, Brian always said, "Oh, you know, my mate's going." But it was end up me because I would tell the boys, "Nah, I'm not going." And then always go to the games. So I was lucky enough um, to go to the games. Still do. So it's pretty cool. So when the fixtures come out for the rugby season, obviously fans look at the big games. You know, you won't in. Uh, Wigan v Warrington, Wigan v Saints. But are you really looking at what games clash with Liverpool's home games, Willie? You know, can you be honest with me on here, mate. You know, you get me in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh, I don't watch rugby league. People get shocked um, when I say that. I actually don't watch rugby league. I, I never really watched it when I was young. When I do, if I, I did, because I watched a certain player or a team. I used to watch mainly Sea Eagles when I was growing up. Um, and I used to watch the All Blacks all the time, but I don't really watch rugby league. I'll, I'll study the game, 
it's more of like, okay, let's clip up and I'll watch the game, you know. Um, but football's the one for me. It's like, I don't know, it's like a hobby, you know. It relaxes me, but same, sometimes them lads, you know, I'm going to have a heart attack soon sometimes, you know. I won't handle it, you know. Maybe I'm too full into it, but I'm a passionate guy, you know. So I'm one of them guys who support the team no matter what. You know, they, they lose, they win. Draw, they didn't play well. Ah, oh, no, nah, they played well. Don't worry about it. And I was look forward to the next game. So um, I always look at, and obviously now these days, I always, always put an eye on, um, obviously, the big big clubs. I always look what City are doing and Chelsea and, and all that kind of stuff and seeing where, where we can sit about. So, but, yeah, I love, I, love the, I love the team. But I don't, yeah, I don't look at the fixtures, but I kind of do. <laughs> I was going to say, the word relaxing does not come to my mind when I'm at Anfield, Willie, that's for sure. Oh, no. You have to be relaxed, man. You have to be relaxed. <laughs> you have to relax. Otherwise, it, man, my heart goes too fast and it's not good. So I have to chill out myself. So, no, nah, it's, it's, oh, man. That Leicester game when they were in the cup, Jesus. Like, when, when Taki hit the penalty, I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. Like, I, was, I was on the stairs jumping up. <laughs> little kid I was thinking that's that's why football I love watching football and people go oh why do you watch it I actually watch it because I love the um I'm learning the game but I love the tactical part of it so I always try and read oh they're playing three at the back they play four they're playing a diamond they're playing so I love that aspect of it and, and that's probably why I watch a lot of the the pundits and I love to hear what they they're thinking about you know I love watching Monday Night Football because they actually gave give you a bit of analysis you know and for me i'm just a normal bloke like looking and going oh that's pretty cool i've never seen it like that or you know seeing different things and you know sports very relatable as well i can relate to them and relate what they're saying do you know what I mean? so different language but um i think it's in the same same way really um you know they always talk about running back as work ethic and all that kind of stuff f areas so it's it's pretty cool to see um uh, and watch I, I love and i always have respect for them you know, plays like that, you know, because I never knew. It's a big thing, you know. I never knew one pass or pass of a ball. If you pass it the wrong way and they touch it the wrong way, it stuffs everything up. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I just never knew that technical, you know, of the skill of actually just touching the ball, passing the ball is, you know, you have to be at a top, top level, you know. Before we uh, jump into your time at Wigan, Willie, uh, I put out a tweet uh, asking for some questions to put to you. Is it right to fire something you might know? All right, go on then. So one, <laughs> of them, what? Uh, one of them relates to what we were speaking about. Um, someone asked, if you could go to any sporting event in the world, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I was lucky enough to go to Madrid in Champions League, so I've done that. Probably the FIFA, FIFA World Cup. I think I, I need. I love to go to World Cup, but at a proper, at a proper, um, at, at a host nation like South America, anywhere in South America or in Europe. Not big fan of the where the World Cup is later on, but no. yeah, it has to be in Europe or in South America, and then I like, yeah, that's I need to tick that off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, World Cup. Is there additional to that question? Is um, I can't remember who asked it, but they ask who would you go, if you had one choice of a celebrity to go with then to the World Cup final? Who would it be? Who was your celebrity? idea? Celebrity? Yeah, to go with to the World Cup final then. Oof. Would you would you put Thierry Henry up there in that bracket? Yeah, stuff as well. he's, he's got to be up there. But alive or 
Oh. It can be anyone. Anyone. You, 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 anyone. If he was alive, I'll take Bob Marley with me. But then, obviously today, now, oh, poor, I don't know. You know what? I'd love to, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to turn up Thierry Henry on, on that event. Eh? That would be cool, actually. He's a pretty slick guy as well, so he'll make me look cool. <laughs> Another one is, what was your rugby league team growing up? Who did you support? Um, I, well, I have a picture when I was younger with a Parramatta jersey on because I grew up, I grew up there before moving out to Penrith, but I always uh, supported Manly um, when I was younger. So Jeff Toovey was there, Keith Lyons, Steve Menzies. I was lucky enough to play against him. I can't believe I played against him. Um, Steve Menzies, Matthew Ridge was playing that time. So these, these old school players and I'll never forget, I supported them and then they lost the grand final against the Newcastle boys. Um, 97, 98, and then I cried my eyes out, ditched them, and I supported Melbourne. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was bad, yeah, but yeah, I kind of supported Manly when I was younger. Des Hazler was the Des Hazler was around as well, so he was he was sick, it was cool. With uh, we obviously spoke about the football. Um, someone asks if you were to get a week off, um, during the season, what would you do for any spare time for fun? Go on to Anfield, no matter what. Is there I any other sports you're interested in, Willie? Or is football just obviously the main one? Um, nah. I, I, I love all sports. To be honest, I love all sports. Eh? I love to go to F1, to be honest. Um, mm. That'll be a cool event. I'd love to go to Silverstone, yeah? So that'll be pretty cool. Um, I, like, I, like, I love all sports. To be honest, I watch every sport. Even NFL, I like American sports. Um, I always find a reason why. You know, there's different reasons. Maybe because... The coaching bit, I love to get into coaching, so um, I watch different sports for that that reason, really. So, um, but football is the number one. Mm-hmm. I do. I'll, I'll couldn't care less. I'd, if they're playing at twelve midnight, I'll be there. <laughs> it's, you mentioned coaching there. Is that something when you retire you want to get into? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I, I think I'm passionate for people. That's probably the the first thing, really, because. I don't know. Uh, I like to, I like to think I can contribute to people to improve and to be better in in rugby league. You know, um, not just on the field, but I think um, off it as well. So, um, and I, obviously, I love the game tactically wise and how I see the game. I can see it. Um, I don't want to say different, but I like to try things that that it's not very the same. You know what I mean? So I like to change things up but whether whether um it works or not don't know but um i'm helping out with the scholarship at the minute wigan and we'll see how it goes so um i'll do what's right and i'll work my way up like no other you know so same process as a, as a player you know you work your way up and i'm going to do the same thing to to better myself in that um and to hopefully coach one day because that was the old that was the dream for me i never wanted to play rugby league my dream as a kid, I want to coach All Blacks. So I never had dreams to, to play at all. I just wanted to coach. But um, yeah, I need to go back there, revisit that dream and get there one day. So on to obviously Wigan, I think. Is this the going into the seventh season with them? Uh, yeah, yeah. Two thousand yeah. yeah. It's been it's been some ride, hasn't it? Well, long. Long one, yeah. Think about it now, geez, it's a long one. 
Yeah, I no, I never knew. Yeah, I never knew I was going to be here for that long. But yeah, I'm still standing, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So what? Um, what obviously attracted you to the the club initially? Obviously, it's one of the most successful in in rugby league super league history. So I guess that must have played a part. Um. Yeah, being part of the of the club that has a very very strong history. Best club in the world. Um. History says it all, and I love I love the story behind the club, you know, and um, I love how they, you know, they love the the local kids that come through, you know, um, that's what they're about, you know. So seeing guys like Ollie Parkerton and Ethan Havard, and then even back in the day, you know, you, you seen Sean Edwards come through, and um, you know, plays. They're, they're legends, you know, so um, how they went on that run in the Challenge Cup is unbelievable. Um, great team, and that's probably why I want to join. But also, I thought it was the right step for me um, to, you know, improve as a player and to put my stamp on what I want to achieve here in, in England, really. So... I just didn't want to go waste of the one year cast and the four years I've done at Witness. And I thought, okay, I just need to do something to really make a, hopefully make an impact, but, um, you know, hold them, give myself the best chance to present what I can do on the field and, and offer it um, with a club like Wigan. It's probably the best opportunity I've ever got. And you obviously talk about being a part of the academy set up at Wigan and being one of the more experienced players in that side now. Going into 2022 with sort of new management and leadership at the helm, what do you think you can do as one of the more experienced players to help the younger players that are coming through now and that will be coming through soon? Yeah, of course. Um, of course, you know, doing the bits at scholarship now with the, the younger fellas. And obviously you do bits with academy because some of them always train with us in the first team anyway. So um, I think it starts from the, them young kids when they're 14, 15, um, making sure they know what what we're about as a club, really. Not much on the playing side. I'm going to be honest, not much on the playing side. It's it's how we act as people, you know, act how, um, as players and what players should do and to help them to play Super League, you know. Um, obviously, I want them to play Super League for, for Wigan, 100%. But at the same time, the reality is not all of them are going to make it, you know. Not all of them are going to make it for Wigan. Not all of them are going to make it to to play Rugby League in a professional environment. But the best thing I can do is help them and put them on the right road, hopefully, um, to, you know, achieve their dream. And their dream is to play at Rugby League, whether it be at Wigan, whether it be... Well, Wakefield could be a cast, could even be a Saints, you know, or could even be in Australia. That's that's the ultimate goal, you know, because um, I had it when I was younger. I had first teamers come meet, come do it to me. So why not do it to them? And um, you know, as obviously I've been at the club for uh, for a few years now, is just making sure I set an example, not just on game day really, but every day, you know. So. Um, you know, Matty P and new coaching staff, you know, they've emphasised uh, culture first, um, you know, a team team first mentality, work, a great work ethic and make sure we work hard. 
um, you know, that they're the things that we need to do every day, you know, um, and Maddie Pete's pushing for that um, each and every day and making sure I do my bit that the kids see that, okay, he's he's doing it as well. So it's important. You can't you can't say stuff. You can't say stuff to kids and, and you're not doing yourself. That's the most important thing, I think. Uh, number one rule, in in my opinion, as a player, is that you make sure you you're doing what you're saying, you know. So um, that's important, I think, in our environment. So uh, just making sure I lead every day, really. Nothing, probably nothing got to do with the game, really. It's just making sure we have good habits every day. And obviously, looking ahead to the, the playing side of this season, obviously, I'm guessing success at the highest level has to be the aim. Um, how do you see... It panning out, and how are you feeling as a group ahead of the season? Um, no, it's always every team says, Yeah, you know, we've had a great preseason. We're probably no different, you know. Um, the big thing for me is that the kids uh, are growing, so they're one year, one year older. Um, we've got a few senior blokes as well in our team that they're making. Um, great strides, but making an impact in our team with the young lads as well. So, like Sam Powell, you know, you got Liam Farrell there. You still got Tommy Lunawai as well, um, John Bateman, um, and you know, obviously we've got Bevan to come back as well, as well. As well. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to the season. I think we've had a great preseason. We're working hard, um, and I like I love the fact that our our team that uh, with. Maddie P and the coach staff, they've implemented the community program in our in our programs, which is very important. Where we visit we visit schools on a on a Friday and we deliver deliver um, some classroom work to the kids. So that's I know it might sound you know you do your promo here and there, but I love it how it's just in our in our training program really, and it puts a lot of us in our in you know outside our comfort zone because a lot of boys don't like to talk, you know, um, especially in groups. And I know the kids are only young, but it's crazy what we can learn as um, as people and, and as a team, really, because it's it's testing our um, our relationship as, as teammates um, because we get to solve problems um, while we're at school and how to deliver things, how to talk to kids, how to, you know, um, work out. Um, a problem as well, so that that's pretty cool, and I think that will help us on on field, hundred percent, because it's not just on the rug, but it's putting us solving problems on nothing got to do with rugby league, but helping us to talk to each other, um, helping us to you know evolve um, our communication as well, um, not just not just on the rugby league as well. So um, we're looking forward to the season. We're we're happy the. The main thing is that we're putting the team first and the culture that we're trying to push is that, you know, we're coming in the building and making sure we put team first and when we're out of the building, you know, it's still team first as well. So I love that fact of, uh, of our group. Having been down, obviously, last uh, last Friday for the media day, Willie, obviously, spoke, talk to yourself. The word that was thrown around quite a bit from Matty Pete, uh, Sean Wayne and others, for example, was the word culture that you just mentioned. Is that something that the team really want to pride themselves on this year and make sure that is at the heart of everything? That's the number one priority in our team, 100%.
Uh, people can talk to me about rugby league or anything, but um, as long as we represent ourselves well and make sure we represent the the community right, um, gone. You know, I think the coach staff have done well, um, especially with people like me, but people like the locals like Ollie Butts and Ethan, you know, Joe Shorrocks, taking back to their roots. And the root is going back to the community. Um, and Maddie Pete is a product of the community game, you know, so we need to go back, revisit, and do it while we, while we play, you know, make sure, you know, there are actually weekend fans out there, you know, and see what they feel. And I know they're little kids. I know they're teachers as well, but it's great hearing it from them. We're very accessible. Rugby league players are very accessible and we're no different at Wigan Warriors, but making ourselves accessible every week was, you know, that's the challenge, you know, and making sure we're, now the season's going to start, we're going to implement that too, you know, so making sure we continue going to schools um, every week. So culture's, yeah, number one, team first, mentality's number one, always. You know, you obviously talk about um, the new the new culture with Matty Pete and things like that. Obviously, being a follower of Warrington myself, I've seen what Lee Breers can offer as a, on the coaching staff. Um, just sort of... Just Come sort on, of... man. Who, who, who let this go on the call, man? Come on, man. Obviously, with, with Lee now being part of the Wigan coaching staff, what do you think, you know, he can offer you as players and what has he sort of been offering so far in in pre-season yeah um no it's a great addition to the coaching staff something different for us players um uh, i know you warrington uh, they love to throw the ball around it when you know historically we haven't been like that you know for for a while so now he's got great ideas um you know the the record stays for itself you know he's a he's had a great track um at warrington um great halfback uh, a wide think of the game. Um, the guy, you know, he's Lee. Well, he he loves talking about it and brings rugby league. You know, so um, I just love the way that the fact that he's bringing some ideas that we've we haven't thought about for a long, long time. You know, making sure we express ourselves as players, um, making sure the players who can express themselves, um, like the halves the fullbacks, um, making sure they, you know, just simple play rugby league, you know, um, seeing opportunities in front of you, take it, why not take it, you know, so, um, you know, a great, a great man and being, being great around the team as well, I think, so um, I think the team um, and the lads are, you know, trying their best to, you know, do everything uh, or, or do everything that's uh, Lee's asking for. It's not easy um, to change our style or express ourselves, but we are trying trying our best to uh, implement what Lee um, wants out of us. And obviously, it's been a long pre-season. You're back out on the field this weekend at Cal's team against the uh, Warrington Wolves. How, how much are you looking forward to getting out back on the field? Yeah, no, it's going to be cool. Man. Uh, we, we all can't wait. Uh, is there a, I guarantee you every player from every team will say, oh, I'm glad the preseason's finished. 100%, that's guaranteed. If one player is telling you that, they're lying. <laughs> Tell me they're lying. Um, but uh, the first thing, foremost, really, uh, um, what a great moment, really, for 
you know, Steph Rashford, you know, that's that's a massive, massive achievement and may great player. Um, you know, obviously it's not good playing against him because <laughs> he's a real player, but he's a great player for Super League as well. He's done himself and his family and the club um, and top level, you know, top level. So um, a guy I always think that, you know, um, I always think that he should play for England a bit more. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Um, the guy's versatile um, and always always uh, gives his best for his teams, you know. So, and um, and he's a Wigan lad as well, so that that's probably helps. But plays Warrington, but you know, con- massive congratulations to him. That's the the f- first and foremost. But I think the lads are just ready to to go and put into practice what we've practiced really um, at training. So, um, and we'll see how it goes. I'm 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 excited. I'm sure the players are excited, but I'm excited for for our team really um, to to play rugby league and do what we were supposed to do really. I mean, friendlies are uh, friendlies are obviously one thing, um, but I guess it it really starts two weeks tomorrow, doesn't it? Away at Hull KR, how much are you looking forward to that one, the season opener? Yeah, okay, yeah, of course. Um, everyone wants to start the season well. Uh, we're no different. Um, they've had a great season last year, I, I think personally. Um, Tony Smith has done well with the players as well, so they look like a uh, a good knit team as well. Um, yeah, they've had um, obviously a few players um, additions to their team as well. So um, I'm looking forward to it. It's not an easy place to go to um, at all. Um, you know, they've got very very passionate fans and they support their club the whole way, the um, whole car. So. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure the players are, but um, you know, it obviously starts on Saturday for us. You know, make sure we, you know, have have a good performance and you know, again, put practice to what we've been training really. So, and there's a process. So we'll 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 could yeah, we'll look at um, OKR probably next week or something like that, and and we'll go from there really. So uh, I'm looking forward because it's going to be a great year for Super League and. Um, different changes on rule uh, on field. There's different rules as well, and um, and we're channel four as well, aren't we? Channel four, that'd be pretty cool. So, you know, more audience for for you know for our game is is probably the best thing for for us players and as clubs really because I think we've got a great product, you know, great product, but just needs to push a bit more out nationally over here. So, I hope it does its job. The channel four and um, and Sky doing brilliant as well, so um, it's great to see our our, our game um, to wider audiences. We saw last season you got off to a flying start. I think it was seven, eight games you won in a row. Uh, how important this season? Obviously, you've got KR, you've got Leeds, and Huddersfield as your first three. How important is getting off to a good start? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, you said last year we had we had a good start. Really, probably our, one of our best starts in the long. Long time, I reckon. I, I don't think I don't remember Wigan too. Wigan team since I've been there. Anyway, I had a great start like that, but um, and then we fell away, which was disappointing, you know. So, um, it's important that we, you know, again, we we do well against uh, Warrington, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm one of them guys. So I take it week by week. I might sound boring, man, but uh, I'm looking forward to Warrington. Then we will we'll consider. Make sure we give the ultimate respect to Hull KR and make sure we focus on them first, and then we'll take off what we need to take off, and we'll move on. So, 
it's a process, man. We're going to do what we need to do, you know. So we're all to it. You said you were a big fan of Jurgen Klopp. I'm sure I've heard him say that before. <laughs> uh, I, I followed him. I'll never forget. I followed him when he was at Mines. So um, I followed him at Mines and he went to Dortmund. And um, see, I have like a few teams around in each in each country. So yeah. Dortmund's my team in, in Germany and he's the one who's. I love the way he is. He's just a passionate bloke, and I think he relates to people. So he shows his true passion. Whether he's right or wrong, you know, sometimes people go, oh, he whinges a lot, but at least he's saying it, you know. So he's saying what he thinks on, on interviews, you know. So I, I think not many characters are like that around in sport anyway. So, um, and I, again, I think he epitomizes the city, the people. Um, the people live through him, you know what I mean? So, and I love the way he's he leads his team and how he backs his team and how he I don't know how he trans he transformed the clubs to Liverpool always up here, but he's transformed the club to another level, you know, top top level, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I love what he's about, really. Uh, one question I like to ask our guest, Willie, is that as a player, what's what's one stadium that you you know you, you you like to you like going and playing up, but you know it's going to be a really tough game. Um, Does anyone stick out? Hey, is there, is one in specific that sticks out? Yeah, you know, probably Leeds. You know, um, yeah, yeah I, love, I love playing Leeds at Leeds. Uh, I don't Every, know why. Says Leeds. Hey? Everyone says Leeds. Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone. You know what it is? It's a song, eh? It's what <laughs> they sing. Yeah, they think it's like they're playing against like. When they sing that, it's like against me. No, I'm like, I like it, man. I'm singing with you. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool. But that's just me because I'm an outsider coming into England and thinking, oh, it's pretty cool. This we don't. I'm not used to it. I've been here for a long time and I'm still not used to it. So I, I see it. I'm like, that's pretty cool. That so, I love, I love that. I don't know. Something, something about it with Leeds, especially Wigan Leeds. It's always big games. Um, historically, it's been been rivalries really so uh, I don't know I, I enjoy I enjoy going over there so mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if Leeds fans are like, like that or not I don't know but I enjoy your singing man it's pretty good <laughs> and just the last segment of the podcast uh, Willie I, I introduced I called the uh, Rugby League Sevens which oh. is a, a Sevens team you've got to choose from players you've played with throughout your career as you want to be a coach you can either be the coach or you can put yourself in the Sevens team it's up to you no, nah, I'm gonna be the coach. Okay. <laughs> Who's your seven you choosing? Oh. Who's your seven you choosing? All the players I played with. Yeah, from so from every team you played with, you could have seven players out of those all those teams. Oh. Right, Billy Slater, Green English, Cameron Smith, <sighs> Sean O'Loughlin. Huh. Oh man, it's a tough one. This who's your winger? Who's one of the winger? Oh, I'm trying to finger one now. Oh man, some boys are gonna kill me, you know. <laughs> um, you know what? You know what fancy Dom and Freddy? Yeah, need some pace out there. Dom and Freddy, how many we've got left? Two more, isn't it? Two more, yeah. You but you need a big forward. Mm. Oh, 
I'll, I'll put Patrick Mago out there, our new recruit. Mix it up around there, and I'll probably need... I need another big fella, I reckon. You know what? Liam Farrell. Yeah. Versatile. I'll go with versatility Strong there. side. Yeah. I think it's strong side. Look, what, what was that team? Saint, can you name that again? Um, we had Greg Inglis. We had Billy, Billy Sater. Greg Inglis. Uh, we had uh, Farrell, Lockers. Um, Ron Frady. Ron And then you two big men. Yeah. I think that's a good team. That It's a strong team. Yeah. He's... Yeah, we've had a few. I think that's up there. Uh, I can't. I can't think of anyone who's stronger than that. To be honest, that was a strong team. Oh, you name a better team than that, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, I think that's. I have to check through the last one, but I think that's the best I'm one we've had. Have some power and pace together. Jeez, Sean O'Loughlin can do whatever he wants. <laughs> if here you go, just direct the lads. Finish later, run rings everyone. Then we have got a bulldozer, but he's fast as anything. Greg Inglis. Dominic Freedy, pure pace, just passing the ball. And we've got Liam Farrell, versatility, just do whatever he wants. I tell no. you what, Willie, yourself, this coaching when you retire, you set up oh. yourself, yourself there. Easy, lads. Hey, go over there, go get me a cigar, do whatever you want. I'll just look at <laughs> Boys, I'll tell you when I need to say something, but hey, go express yourselves. <laughs> Easy to like. Uh, just the last one, Willie, that's really coming to my head before we, we let you go. Um, obviously, you, you mentioned you've got your athletics background. Um, it, it's going to come as you completely random this, but if um, if I was to give you four years to compete at Olympic events, what event would you choose? That's a great question. You've got four years to train for any event. You know what? I'll back myself in 110 hurdles. Just because it's there's a barrier, but it's all it's about technique as well, eh? So... It's a bit of both. That's what I like about it. And it gives me a chance because you never know who could follow the hurdle, man. So, <laughs> so you never know. Um, yeah, 110 hurdles. Yeah, well, can you remember what your time was when you used to do it? Sorry? you remember what your fastest time was when you used to do it? Or? Nah. No a long time, a while ago. I wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. I don't, I don't even remember when the last time I actually ran a proper 100, like, oh, you know, actually raced 100 metres. I think I used to get 12, 8. That was, it. That was against Chris, no, 12, not 12, 9, actually, or 12, 8, yeah. That was against Chris Lawrence at probably 13, something like that. Yeah, Chris Lawrence was, oh, he was the, yeah, he was the man. Like, everything, 100 metres and long jump. Jared Hayne was... The year above me, he was 200 meters, 100 meters, 100 percent. No one's beating him, so that was pretty cool. Well, Willie, that's everything for us. We loved you being on the podcast, we had a great laugh. Uh, wish Thanks. you all the best for the game this weekend, obviously, and all the season as well. No, I appreciate that, guys. No, I appreciate your time as well. Thank you for Cheers, having Willie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Cal, take that jacket off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, well, we've got you. I just want to touch. You mentioned you coached uh, Danny Walker in uh, with this. Yeah, how, how, what? Can you just explain what happened there? So obviously, I'm interested in that. Yeah, no. Nah, um, you know how I got into scholarship coaching. Anyway, it was from Phil Finney. He's the CEO at the minute, but he was the head academy um, at that time, and um, he told me to come down and help help out. So, and my first group was Danny Walker. So. Um, I'll never forget, he was 
he's a small, small fella, you know. So, um, but man, he fits strong kid, you know, very strong kid. Um, always worked hard. Never questioned him with his work ethic. Always had that. It was just natural for him. But, um, you know, as every probably every coach is you know, probably footballer sometimes now, but. You know, when you look at their size and you go, oh, I don't know about, I don't know about him. You know, you always write him off. Um, and I love the fact where Phil Finney always, he always got the leftovers off when witness back then. You always get the leftovers out of Wigan, Warrington, and St Helens. So you, you had the misfits basically, and but you give these kids opportunity, and he had an opportunity. Um, Danny Walker and man, I never. He's we used to do a wrestle session. I used to tell him, well, you know, um, he used to always go on his toes to wrestle with, like, bigger guys. You know, I was thinking, why are you standing on the toes, man? He goes, well, I can't reach him. I was like, no, no, stay down. They come to you, you know. So he can control the body that way. So um, I'll never forget that. And he always had good energy about him, you know. So And I'll, when he moved to Warrington, and he had to. He had to move to Warrington. And I, I love when kids, you know, do the best you can and, you know, you go flourish somewhere else, you know, and Warrington a benefit, you know, benefiting from everything that, you know, that academy has done as well at Witness, you know. So um, I think he's a, wild, a great player for, for Warrington. I think he's the future for Warrington. I think he's electric out of dummy half and, and a great partnership as well with um, Daryl Clark and um, and obviously Danny Walker. So you know, it's a bit of speed there eh, in, in the middle. So um, what do you think, Cal? Do you you, you like the you like what he's yeah, from. I, like him. I think I think for whenever the time comes, if Daryl Clark does leave, if he goes to the NRL or wherever he goes, I think yeah, I think that position's already Danny Walker's. He's done very well from sort of being a backup hooker at the moment. So no, he, he's a vital part of the squad, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so there you go, eh? <laughs> Great work there. So no, nah, no worries, Cal. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Good wish good. you wish you luck for Saturday, oh, but not too oh, much luck. Yeah, I told him well. Nah, I was only joking. Nah, He's a good fella, him, um, Danny Walker. We've had him on here, Willie. We've had him yeah. and Stefan here. And if it was oh, great yeah. yeah, yeah. I like him. Yeah, good fella. He's a Liverpool fan as well. So Yeah, I spoke to Danny a few times about Liverpool. And Steph is as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, Steph goes again. Yeah, yeah. So you see, oh, 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 got the brains. Yeah, Come but then Steph's a bit posh, you know. I heard he goes to the. You know, to the to the proper posh thing. Oh, is, oh, is he? Oh, I'm not like that, me. Nah, no, no, gotta be in the club. Gotta be, yeah. Yeah, I'll get amongst it. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't consider them guys. They sit in the posh seats. I'm not like that, man. <laughs> me neither, like mate. That. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Right, mate. We'll let you go now. We really enjoyed that chat, mate. Thanks for coming on. Nah, I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks. See you later. Bye, bye.